there still is that long tail of conversions that happens. So that's how I've done it. And that's where I've seen the most success is adding to the end of your, your sequence based on content that you're already producing. Hey, podcast listener, you're about to discover insider tips, tricks, and secrets to making more sales and converting more prospects into customers with email marketing. For more information about the email marketing podcast or the autoresponder guide, go to dropdeadcopy.com slash podcast. Hey, everybody, it's John McIntyre here, the autoresponder guy, and it's time for episode 46 of the McMethod Email Marketing Podcast, where you'll discover tactics and strategies to increase your email profits by 25 to 100% in 90 days or less without spending more on advertising. Today, I'll be talking to Rob Walling. Now, Rob is a really interesting guy. He has a podcast as well, Startups for the Rest of Us, and uh, he works with, you know, startups, SaaS companies, and all these different things to build their companies. Now, one of the companies, one because he has a few SaaS products himself, one of the companies he's recently launched is called Drip, which is an email marketing service. So, it's it's like Aweber in the sense you sign up to Aweber and you can load emails into it. But instead of just giving you the software or the, the infrastructure to have an autoresponder, they actually create the emails for you, which I find really interesting. You sign up and uh, you know you pay a monthly fee and they'll actually create, as far as I know, it's a crash course of some kind, kind of like a mini course. And and that's and then you just pay the recurring fee and you, you send the emails out. They do everything. So it's kind of like a done-for-you email marketing service. Now, it's not it's probably not the uh, you know the most advanced thing you could do, but it's a great way for people to get started. Okay, So we're going to talk about that, what he's doing there, what you know, why this service works, some of the interesting stats he's seeing with uh, the very, you know, I'm sure he has hundreds of customers, the different, uh, all the different stats he's seeing with these customers. And we're also going to talk about what he's doing to create these email mini courses. So you, know, you have two options. You could go and sign up to his service and get one of these courses created for you, or you could just listen to this podcast and find out how to do it yourself if you'd like, to, if you'd prefer to uh, save some cash and, you know, do it on your own. Okay. So this is a really easy way. Like I said, it's an easy way for someone uh, to get started with email marketing to, you know, for a business owner who's not really sure if email marketing is that good yet or if, if it's worth it, but they want to try it out. They want to see it. They want a cost effective way to get into it. So you could, like I said, create this yourself or sign up to Rob's service and he'll do it for you. So we're going to talk about all that in this episode of the email marketing podcast. To get the show notes for this episode of the email marketing podcast, go to themcmethod.com slash 46. Now, quick word about uh, iTunes reviews. If if you go to iTunes, so open up iTunes, assuming you have iTunes, open it up here, go to the search box of the store and search for the McMethod Email Marketing Podcast, then uh, leave me a review. If you do this, you put a huge smile on my face. And if you leave a link to your show, I'll even say, you know, your name from www.yourwebsite.com. So maybe we can, uh, you know, get some people to your site. That's just a quick little bribe there. I'd love to know what you think, and uh, it really helps me get the word out about the email marketing podcast. Now, before we get into the interview with Rob, I want to just answer one listener question. This question is, are email autoresponders the best way? Now, this is an interesting question, because it seems to think that email, like it's, it's email, or it's sales copy, or it's ads, as though email like exists on its own. But email marketing does not exist in isolation. It's not the best way. You know, it's not you can't compare it with a sales letter or with advertising because it's all all of this stuff is part of the same thing which is marketing you have a business and you have a product so basically you have two things you have a marketplace which is people with the problem that your product solves and uh, then you have a product which is the you know what solves their problem what we're trying to do with this podcast what I'm trying to help you do is create the connection build a bridge from where that prospect is right now to, from the marketplace to the product so people can take action consume your product and solve their problem so as for email autoresponders they're just one step in that path you could go add to sales page and and you make some sales. Adding an additional step in there, such as an email autoresponder, which builds trust and creates that relationship, creates rapport, that in most cases will boost your conversions. So it's not that it's the best way, it's just that it's a, it's a multiplier. Assuming that you have a marketplace to sell to and you have a product that really works, that does what you, know, you say it does. 
So I think try not try not to think about email autoresponders in isolation. If you you know if you want to do email marketing well, you're also going to have to have great empathy for the market. You're going to have to have a good advertising campaign. That's how you do it, or SEO, organic. You're going to have to have a great product. You're going to have to know how to write a sales page of some kind. You're going to have to understand just sales funnels in general, how to how to build that bridge. That's what I that's what I, how I frame it up. The bridge from where your prospect is, where the marketplace is, to your product. Okay, so try and think about it like that. When you think about email, um, and that's why with this podcast, I don't talk just about email. I talk about all sorts of stuff. And we talk about all sorts of stuff on here because it's not just about email. Email is the starting point. I've actually just uh, launched a community called McMasters. And email is the beginning where, where this gets started. But really, it's about marketing as a whole, about the whole thing, about the whole sales funnel. So as for that, email responders, they're wonderful. They're absolutely wonderful. They've done incredible things for my business. You can make a ton of money doing this. It's a great way to automate your business as well. So you can focus on just getting traffic. Or once you've automated that, you can just go and you know kick back, drink coconuts on the beach. Anyway, that's it for now. Let's get into this interview with Mr. Rob Walling. It's John McIntyre here, the autoresponder guy. I'm here with Rob Walling, a serial entrepreneur. He's been building web applications for 12 years, and the latest is a nifty piece of software called Drip, which actually makes creating autoresponder sequences super, super easy. We're just talking about it, and I was trying to understand how how could we talk about this in a way that's going to appeal the most to you, the listener. And it's basically that that drip and the content and what we're going to get into in a minute is how to create email courses, how to take the content you have on your site that you've already created and turn that into an autoresponder that sells your products. So you don't need to go and spend hours and hours and hours obsessing over the details and writing all sorts of stuff. You can, I mean, you could go and create this yourself and go use the content on your site. It could turn up to Rob's service and they'll do it for you. So the uh, the idea today and what you know what you're going to get out of it by listening is that uh, having an autoresponder that really sells stuff for your site that is this automatic sales machine doesn't have to be hard. It can actually be really, really easy when you understand some of the principles that I'm sure Rob will share with us in just a minute. So uh, we'll talk about that, how to put together an email mini course based on what uh, they've learned with their customers and also some of the trends they're noticing in the industry, which uh, we haven't talked about yet personally, uh, but I'm sure will be very, uh, I think that's going to be really interesting. So we'll get into that. How are you going today, Rob? I'm doing great, man. Thanks for having me on the show. Absolutely, man. It's good to have you here. All right, so tell me about Drip. Let's start there. All right. So as you said, so Drip's a piece of software. It's it's a web app. And you know you might think about it like something similar to MailChimp or Aweber. And, except for the angle that we took is that we I wanted to make autoresponders a first-class citizen. I wanted to make autoresponders as easy to set up as possible. So we designed it from the ground up with that in mind. And then we added stuff that I, I was always a, a kind of a pain in the butt for me and other services. Like we added split testing within sequences. I always want to split test subject lines of my autoresponder, you know, uh, emails and no one seems to be able to do that. So we added that in and we're adding right now, we're adding the split testing of, of opt-in forms on the front end. Even if you have embedded HTML opt-in forms, we use JavaScript and we can swap out your headline and tell you which one's working better for you. So it's that kind of stuff. It's it's email with a marketer's and analytics and, and optimizer's perspective rather than like another tool that just sends generic newsletters. Okay. Okay. And now I'm curious, is this for, do you consider this being for beginners who just want to get the job done real fast? Or could this be something that advanced marketers could use to uh, to save time? I hate to use the generic answer, but it, it, it's working for both right now. We have a lot of beginners who came on early and we you know, we built their course from them, from their existing content. That's working well. We've been working on Drip for about a year. We've been publicly launched for about, well, just about 60 days. And the feature set is, is being driven by these marketers who really know what they want that they haven't been able to get in other tools. So we are adding, to, to be honest, the, the big reveal is that we're basically adding a bit of marketing automation where you can move people from one sequence to the next based on tagging, much like Infusionsoft and Office Autopilot do. That's like our, we are in the middle of that now and it should be in the next two to four weeks we'll be, we'll be launching that. 
Okay, okay. I think that's going to become more and more prominent. This this whole choosing your own adventure, autoresponder sequences, more and more people understand that that relevance is really the most important thing with, or one of the most important things with marketing and that this marketing automation and software like Drip kind of allows you to do that. Right. Alrighty. Let's talk about this email mini course. When, you, when you're telling me that Drip does this, let's talk about what does an email mini course look like? Yeah, so, so the idea of, of the email mini course, you know, it's been floating around for years of how do you... How do you, A, encourage someone to give you their email, to want to opt in, and then B, how do you engage them over an extended period of time without constantly being on a hamster wheel of creating new new emails, right, of having to create content every couple of days? And so the email mini course, it can run, well, I mean, some people do month-long email mini courses, but what we've focused on is this first step is getting a five to seven day email mini course that is highly focused on educating someone and providing them with information that they can walk away from your service and and they can use that information without buying anything from you. And that's the key thing I like to think about is like, I'm coming on this podcast, I want people to be able to take information away from this and never have to use Drip and still be successful, right? It's the same thing when you're building your course is how are you going to educate and show people that you are an authority. Okay. And so, like I said, the idea is it's five to seven day course. That's the thing that we've seen uh, working really well. And it's one time setup. This becomes a flywheel because you can write it once, create it once, and it perpetually runs, right? Because it's always being sent as an autoresponder. And what we found and what we've had a lot of success with is, as you said at the top of the show, it's capitalizing on existing content that you already have. So whether you, if you have an ebook or you have a white paper or you have a slew of blog posts, it's really easy to take those and put them into uh, a mini course, just break it up by, you know, subheading. If you have an ebook that's 20 pages, it's a slam dunk to pick out some of your top tips from that and, and put them into this autoresponder course and not have to spend a bunch of time creating that yourself. Okay, I'm curious how, how you, because I've wondered with problems like this that I've seen people create a whole bunch of great content, whether it's on the site and they take it and put it in, in uh, they put it into an autoresponder and uh, like too much free information I find attracts the wrong type of prospects and leads that in the sense that it attracts freeloaders. If you're always giving away lots of free how-to information, it can discourage people from going ahead with your service because they can just go and do it yourself or it gets the wrong kind of people attracted. So how do you deal with this? Well, so we do a couple things. One is we have we we escalate the call to action throughout the sequence. So like the first email, it'll just say, hey, you know, it starts off with, hey, I'm Rob Walling. I'm the founder of, of whatever company. And, you know, you signed up for this mini course. I'm going to be talking about this thing. Then you go through, you give them some information. And at the bottom, you say, you know, tomorrow we'll be covering this. But if you want to get ahead of the ahead of the curve, here's a link. You can check out our free trial or here's a link and you can, you know, buy the whole ebook that discusses all of this, depending on what you're selling. Then the second day, we start escalating that call to action and we just make it a little more prominent. And by the by the last day, the last installment, we, we say, all right, that's it. That's all you're getting. And to really move forward with this, we know you can go do it yourself. But you know, if, if your time is more valuable to you than money, get, a, get way ahead of the pack. And then you kind of do your pitch on that last day. And I always include something that says, I will be in touch in the future you know, with updates or blah, blah, blah. But I really kind of try to make it, I, I put day five of five in the subject line. So they know that it's the end of the line and that they kind of have to make a decision at this point of whether or not that they're going to move forward, that I'm not just going to continue to send them free info forever okay and what would what, what would you suggest to someone who's kind of you know because i think the listener if they're you know listening to these podcasts they've probably heard about daily emails and and that an autoresponder should be you know long and all that sort of stuff what if they what if someone you know they've got five emails they're sending them out and they're working well but they've got all these leads that they want to keep mailing what do they do after that that's a really good question and a pretty common one we get the 
the I've seen a couple approaches to this. The one that I like the most is that as I create new content, let's say I'm uh, let's say I'm a so- you're either a software company or a SaaS company or maybe an info marketer, and you have like a product blog that is it's not talking about your product, but it is talking about stuff that would be interesting to them. You're going to put it on the blog anyways, mm. right? So it's not like you're you're adding any extra time, but you basically take a snippet of that first couple paragraphs of that blog post, which is a teaser, and you add it to the end of your autoresponder sequence. So you don't just send a broadcast. In my opinion, broadcast should only be used for launches, for time-sensitive things that are not perpetually, mm. you know, uh, evergreen. So I add it to the end of that sequence because I do like long sequences. The the conversion rate drops over time, obviously. You know, if you have a, a sequence that's 100 long versus five, you're going to get a higher conversion rate in that five than you will in, say, the next five or the last five. But there still is that long tail of conversions that happens. So that's how I've done it. And that's where I've seen the most success is adding to the end of your, your sequence based on content that you're already producing. Okay. So that makes it simple. I'm, are you doing much like so selling it rather than just sending out a blog post and saying, go check this out? Do you do much say, I don't know if you're on my list or so on someone like Ben Settles, where there's basically a story and then a pitch. I'm sure you've seen this kind of style. Yep. But where there's kind of some sort of interesting, catchy hook, some sort of story. It's usually a classic yep. copywriting thing. And then they slide into a pitch. What's your opinion on that style? Well, I think so. I think that style works great. It especially works great when you're marketing information, right? If you're selling ebooks or courses or, or services, those are all that's the, the, the ideal pitch I would use for that. If you're selling software, or software as a service, you tend to have to be a little more subtle with it or a little more nurturing and it takes a little more time. But I do think that that you should have pitches or some type of pretty hard call to action about every thir- three to four emails if you're doing software stuff. The interesting thing is if you're sending blog posts and you're sending, you, don't, you just send the two, first two paragraphs, then you send them a link to get them to the blog. Now the blog should have a strong call to action to then get them to sign up for your trial, right? So, so you don't necessarily have to include it in the email when you're taking that approach. Okay, okay. See, the way I would probably do it is, uh, so you could either set up the site to funnel to the opt-in, and then the opt-in then funnels to the product, or you could have the site kind of funnel to the opt-in or the product, and then you can redirect people from the email back to the site. So then if they want to take the next step and go to the product, it's very obvious that they can take the next step. Exactly. That's Hopefully that's what I communicated. <laughs> that's how I would do it as well. Yeah, yeah, okay. Okay, interesting. What about the format? I'm curious about this. When you talk about subject lines, it sounds like you have like a lesson one out of five or lesson one out of seven. And then how are you structuring these emails? Are you linking to a lesson on a website or are you having the lesson in the email with some sort of, you know, here are your action steps for today. Go and do them. I'll see you tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. In the mini course, I include all the content in the email. It includes a couple images, try to get people to click that view images button, although I guess in Gmail, it doesn't really matter anymore, does it? But, you know, I structure it. I include all the content in that first five to seven days. I don't really want people to have to come and click out and go to a website, especially because so many people are opening on mobile now, right? 33 to 45% or whatever it is. So that first course, I want to provide value without them having to click out. It's after that that I start and I should take that back. When I do the call to action, of course, it's come to the site and buy something. But when I'm just doing the education, I try to fit everything into the email. If there's a video, then of course, I'll have an image of the video they can click through and and watch it. But that's how we're structuring things. Okay, interesting. And it sounds like it's uh, text, text text-based emails. That's right. And Yep. And I mean, I I don't know what your thoughts are on it, but I've just had overwhelming success compared to when I use the fancy fixed with templates, I never get as good of results as just a personal 
plain text looking, even if it's HTML, but a plain text looking email that looks like it's a personal email from the founder, you know? Right, right, right. Well, I actually had a really interesting experience maybe seven or eight months ago. I was working with a startup and I actually messed up because I went into the thing, into the uh, client relationship thinking, well, only, you know, text email all the way. It's going to be great. It always works better. And, uh, what I didn't know at the time is that this startup had hired something like six or seven or eight different copywriters to test against everyone. And uh, my, you know, I'd gone into it thinking, all right, what we're going to do is we're going to do like a subject line and then a bit of a story or something. So two or 200 word, 300 word email, it's all going to be text and, uh, and then it'll be signed off with someone in the company. And my emails that I wrote were actually the worst performing out of all the copy of everyone they tested. And the one that, the emails that won, so this was a startup and um, a very popular startup right now actually. And, and uh, the emails that won were basically two lines of something like, you know, we haven't seen you in a while click here to go and do this you know and then a, a sign off from the founder and it also had a company logo it was small so it wasn't a fancy html email but it was still obviously it still was branded so it was a branded email that's usually i would say a no-no for most people but in this case it seemed to work much 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 better than the classic kind of text email and I think there's something there with where when you're a big company when you're seen as a brand and not a one person a one-man shop people need to know that you're a brand and you know when they open your email or they're going to think that it's some sort of spam indeed that's a really good point actually i've seen subtle branding so if you go and if you go to hittail.com and you sign up for our seven-day email course that's it's powered by drip i own hittail and drip but i use drip on hittail so if you go to hittail.com sign up for that you'll get the course you'll see we have subtle branding it's plain text but there is a, a header at the top with a logo and it's still a personal letter or semi-personal letter from me. You know, this is Rob Walling, owner of Hittail or whatever. But we we never tested against straight, you know, plain text. But I, I like subtle branding. I think it comes back to that info marketing, kind of if you're a one-person show, like you said, I, I would always lean towards plain text. And But even when I go to corporate, I would never, we don't build, email courses that have more than just a logo at the top and maybe some images images interspersed. We don't do fixed width and we don't do any kind of catalog, magazine looking, newsletter looking, like all that stuff. Mm. Just in in my experience and in my opinion, just doesn't work. So Right. Okay. Last night I was reading a blog post and I just switched uh, on my phone actually in bed. And as I was scrolling through it, there's probably an image every, I don't know, every every hundred words or something. So say, say it was like that. And this post was long, one, one or two thousand words. So it was a very long Thing. It took a while to read, but I noticed that I was reading all the words, and every time I got to an image, I'd barely look at it before scrolling onto the next part of, of the words. And uh, it just reminded me that you know we're on the internet. If you take out the words, there's nothing. There's pretty much nothing there. You know, if you're a photographer or you're into design and all that, you'd probably still have it. You know, you'd be very interested in it. But the average person, when you the images illustrate what the words are already saying, so the words are especially in the case of email, which is this communication tool, that the images just aren't that big of a deal. It's really what can you say. It's going to make a difference. Yeah. So I, I'd agree with that. But I have seen, I had a lot of success when I was launching Drip. We, I built up an email list of a few thousand people. And I sent, I did split test some emails of just sending pure text and then sending with images, which were screenshots of the app, okay. which is what people wanted to see before it launched. And the screenshots of the app got a lot more clicks because I linked all the screenshots up to click through to just to a like a tour page. Right. The app wasn't available. So I mean, that's just one case, right? It's like you can argue it either way that, that all text versus versus a lot of images could be successful. But I think it's pretty easy to go overdo it with the images. Uh, an image every 100 words sounds like a lot to me. I typically go over four or 500 words. So, you know, yeah. if your email's only four or 500, having one image in there, and an image is not required, obviously, but if the image actually helps the 
the process, if it's a graph or if it's a truly a screenshot, there are certain things that you just can't describe well enough in words that I do think that an image helps. Absolutely. I mean, the, the, the answer here is that's why the, you know, there's a classic answer to like marketing things. It's like, it depends because depending on the copy and the product and the con, it's really about the context. You got to understand the context that's going on in that email and going on inside this, uh, you know, this lead or this prospect's head and then understand maybe an image would support what you're already saying. Maybe it wouldn't. But there's no there's no one size fits all answer to the question. Yeah, that's exactly right. It's exactly right. And then there's complexity, you know, because it's it's not just an image like in a blog post. It's an image in an email. And so then you have to say, okay, is this image going to fit a mobile format? Is the image going to be? Is it going to appear in in Gmail? Or are they going to have to click? You know, the link that makes it appear. You know, an Outlook. How is that different and all that stuff? So there are are definitely things to think about. And that's of course what we try to just bake in to the product. That's what we tried to bake into Drip, is that when you add an image, it's just going to be, it's going to be the right size, it's going to format it to the right size, and then it's going to work as best as it can in an email. Okay, okay. Well, I'm really curious, heading towards the end soon, but I'm really curious to know, can you give me a rundown of what one of your emails look like? Either, you know, maybe read through an email or just kind of outline the basic format of, you know, email number one or email number whatever, just so the listener can see what, what the, exactly what these type of emails look like. Yeah, sure. Let me. Um, so what we have, what we did in Drip is, if people, you know, if if someone comes and signs up and they already have existing content, we basically give them these blueprints and we call them sequence blueprints. And so we have like a five day email mini course blueprint, which is five email templates, and they're already baked into the app. And you just click a button, and poof, you get five subject lines that just have you fill in this, they just have you fill in the subject line. There isn't really much there. But the body of the email starts off and it says, thanks for checking out my five-day crash course on. And then there's a fill-in thing. It says topic of the course. So it's kind of like Mad Libs. You remember that old game Mad Libs where you had to just shout out a noun or a verb or something? (laughs) And the the next sentence is, I'm, insert name, the founder of company. My goal for this course is to provide you with new techniques and approaches for, you know, and then you you fill in this stuff. So that's that's how it starts off. And today we're going to start looking at topic of today's email. And then that, and then it says insert, you know, your content here. So it's kind of the scaffolding around the day. That's day one, basically. And each day basically says, yesterday we talked about this. Today we're going to talk about this. And then, as I said, there are call to actions baked into the bottom of each one that, you know, talk about if you're ahead of the curve, feel free to learn about product name here. And, you know, you can insert a link. So okay. that's that's the gist. Um, there is an arc. I do see a pretty good, I do see click-through rates early on. So open rates of the first email are always the highest or have always been. I mean, we're, we're looking at hundreds of courses now that we've seen go. Yep. And as you would expect, the interest is peaks at the, at the highest, or I'm sorry, at the front. And then it slowly, you know, open rates drop over time. And then the, the last email, especially if you put day five of five or day seven of seven, that one picks back up. And if you don't put that of seven, people don't know it's the last one, they don't tend to open it as much. So you can actually get this curve. Yeah, yeah, it's interesting. And the same with clicks. If you put your, I mean, getting your click-through rate up is is an art unto itself. We could probably do a whole podcast on it. But I've seen that in- including images, if you have any type of image that is your product, that you have to link that to your site because people want, people just naturally want to click on images just to see what's there. So linking images is a big deal, but not requiring them to see the image because remember that, you know, in some email clients, it's it's kind of cumbersome. So, so that's that. And then out of five emails, we have two that have PSs. We don't want to overdo the PS. We know it's an overused copywriting thing, but it still works. And so email, I think it's email two and email four both have PSs at the end that talk a little bit about the product, give you a little extra tidbit, and then and then link out. Okay. 
Yeah, so those are the best practices that we've found and are, are really kind of baking into the the product. Right, right, right. And what sort of what sort of opt in rates? I'm sure that you probably have this all this data with um, yep. with your tracking. What sort of opt in rates are you seeing people get with these courses? Yeah. So what so what we're seeing Drip offers a bunch of different ways to opt in. It doesn't. It's not just having you know a static. You can you can do a static embeddable HTML form. But our real sweet spot is if you add JavaScript to if you add a, our little snippet to every page of your site, you instantly get this little pop up drip widget that goes everywhere. And then the nice part about that is you don't have to go through and modify all the pages or you don't have to go through and, you know, add a widget to a sidebar. It just, it's kind of like an OLARC, like one of those chat pop-ups and it appears everywhere. Yeah. You can move it around. You can move it to the left side, right side. You can move it to the top, whatever. And what we're seeing, so this is, it's a little less, so it's not, the opt-in rates are not as high as say a light box, right? But it doesn't block your view. It doesn't keep you from from seeing the site. It just kind of has a little bit of motion in the in the lower right. And we're seeing the range, the entire range, it, we're seeing as low as 2% of visitors who see the pop-up will opt in and as high as about 15%. Now, the inner range, the more tight range where most people are sitting is between 3 and 8% of of their traffic. And for something that isn't obstructing views at all, I'm pretty pleased with that, you know, because it's because it's it's a base it's a base it's a list that you're building without take without detracting from the site or without detracting from the experience of the site. Right, absolutely. Okay, okay. What I'm curious with the 15 percenters or with the upper uh-huh. end, what are they doing differently uh-huh. to the two percenters? Is it just more focused traffic? It's a couple things. One is I can the traffic is more focused. The second thing is they have better headlines. The headlines are just that much better. The rewards tend to be, you know, people, some people are giving away like a a PDF, like a tools list, but most people are doing a mini course. So it's the rewards are kind of the same across the board, but it's how you frame that and how you title that reward that can be a huge swing in that opt-in rate. Okay, so what's an example then of a of a good headline that would work that's worked yep. really well, and then the one that yep. hasn't? Sure. So one that's worked really well is seven day long tail SEO crash course. Okay, that's what I use on Hittail, and yeah. it's one of the better performing headlines uh, that we see in Drip. And then one that was really terrible the other day was Twitter for business. I saw that. That was actually the headline. And I was like, no. And I went in and I emailed the customer. I said, look, I think I can probably double your <laughs> your opt-in rate. Because his it's an app for Twitter. You know, it's kind of like a Hootsuite type thing. And it's for businesses. But like, it doesn't talk about any benefits. <laughs> it doesn't talk about a, even a topic, you know. Yeah. So I, we, I changed it to um, something like... What was it? It's like Twitter, or it was like dominate Twitter for your business, or it was much. It was better written than that, but I use the word dominate or like own yeah. or you know something like that. Like you got to get that emotion in there, and it, I've already seen an uptick in in his opt in rate. Okay, that that's awesome. And what about uh, what about conversion rates? I don't know if you if you, this would require some more advanced tracking, but do you have any idea yeah. if these crash we do courses have are, that? Okay. Yep. So that's the thing. So again, when I build, I built drip for me. I got validation that other people needed it before I built it, but I was always miffed by the fact that I could never see the soup to nuts. What I wanted to see was so and so hit your website from this traffic source, they signed up for your mini course, they received these emails, they opened these ones, they clicked these ones, here they converted to a trial. That's what I want to see. And that, so that's what I built Drip to do. And if you install the JavaScript, then you, you get conversion tracking. So I can actually see that. We're seeing a range of 
depending on what you're selling. And of course it gets, you know, someone did a launch last week and, and sold an ebook. And so that conversion rate was really high, right? Yeah. Because it's, it's a one-time thing and you're doing a time-limited discount and all that stuff. But that aside, we are seeing conversion rates from mini course opt-ins to some kind of purchase. And sometimes that's a $20 ebook and sometimes that's a $50 a month SaaS app. So there's a big range. They're between 1% and 10%. And the tighter range is about 2 to 5 2 to 6% of people on the on the list are making some kind of purchase over the course of the five to seven days. Okay. So it's it's not a huge amount, right? I mean, we're not talking 50% purchase rates, but this isn't time, this isn't a launch list. This isn't a time sensitive thing. And it's something that you you literally do once and it's it's a perpetual lift to your conversion rates, right? It just... Hmm perpetually does that it just runs in the background you don't, even if you're not adding emails to the end of this it just runs and continues to do that mm, it's like one of these marketing hacks where you can add uh, you know you add revenue to the bottom line without spending any more money on advertising or marketing you just add you know you spend a exactly. little bit of money on creating the autoresponder and then it just sits there and it runs it's amazing exactly and that's what we did with hittail i mean i don't want to i don't want to pump it up too much but it, it, i really the reason i started building drip is because we did this with hittail we built it manually everything i'm describing we built you know in code on hittail as a one off and it increased our conversion rate from visitor to trial by 30%. And that's a bit that's a big deal for us, you know, okay. cuz we we're dealing in in four figures of customers. So like that's a it was a big amount. Everyone doesn't get 30%. I don't want to claim that, but we are we are seeing no-brainer people getting 10% increase in in visitor to trial or visitor to purchase conversion rates and people are getting up into the 30s as well. So definitely uh, that's the thing I like about it is I like since I'm a, I'm basically a two-person company, I like things that you can do once and don't have to maintain them forever. You know, that you can you can kind of set it and forget it as much as you can with anything. Right. I'm curious, have you ever tested a different like have you have you tried say more direct sales or more direct content or like have you tested different autoresponder approaches or just the crash course style? To date, we've only done the crash course style. We have it in our feature list to basically add more blueprints. Right. I need to I need to craft some more hire hire someone or craft some more blueprints. The direct sales model I think could work really well. I'll tell you what else we have. So here I have a five day email mini course blueprint. I have a four week email mini course blueprint. I have a follow up sequence that's after a post demo. It, you know, and it starts up by saying, hey, you saw a demo of our software, just checking in, blah, blah, blah. It's pretty generic because how much can you really put in there? But I think it's a three email sequence. And then we also have a follow up after they've downloaded a sample report. So those are the, the basic blueprints. I think I'm intrigued at the thought of creating a direct sales one, but to date have not and, and haven't tested against it. Okay. Because it'd be really interesting. Like ever, I'm starting to find that every market has a different style that works for it. You might have a crash yep. course in one. I mean, e-commerce is a whole new ball game with abandonment, you know, email sequences and all sorts of stuff. And then you've got information marketing, which is where you can talk all about, you know, you can have a lot of fun with it. There's in different strategies. It sounds like SaaS and startups, they need another new, they need another style or another strategy entirely as well. Indeed. Yeah, that's right. Cool. Okay, man. Well, this has been great. I think uh, the listeners probably got an action plan right in front of them right now on how to, they can either set up this, this crash course themselves or they can go to, it's getdrip.com, right? That's correct. Okay. And if people want to hear more about you, where should they go? Yeah. You know, if, if folks like listening to podcasts, I have my own. It's a weekly podcast called Startups for the Rest of Us. And uh, you can find it in iTunes or startupsfortherestofus.com. I talk about this stuff. I talk about launching Drip and other software products uh, once a week on Tuesday mornings. It's probably the best place to catch up with me. Okay. So your your main thing is is software products, SaaS and all that stuff, right? That's right. Yep. Okay. But then you touch on the marketing. You, you're a bit of a marketing guy. I had a buddy of mine say that he thinks you're an amazing marketer. It's because you've got the tech side and then you have the marketing, uh, you know, the marketing chops to back all that stuff up. 
Well, that's very kind of him. Yeah, I mean, that's been, you know, the, in my opinion, the most, one of the most dangerous things uh, in the business world is, is a developer with marketing skills. And when I see them, I know that they're going to be pretty badass. And because okay. uh, mixing the two is a challenge because it's different parts of your brain. And so um, people who know, who know both, I think, have an, have an advantage for sure. So that's interesting. So you have coding skills, it sounds like. You can go and do some PHP and, and hack around mm-hmm. WordPress and do all that stuff. But you've also yep. got an understanding of, you know, marketing strategy. It sounds like a bit of copywriting, all that stuff mixed in together. Yeah. And that came out of necessity because I, I started as a developer and then I wanted to launch my own products. And of course, you build something and launch it and no one gives a crap, right? And you right. have to learn how to market it. And you either learn or you or you fail. And I didn't want to, I'm not one to really fail lightly. So I read all the, I mean, all the book copywriting books you have on your shelf, I bet I have them on my shelf too. You know, all the the, the ultimate sales letter and the, yeah. the, you know, Dan Kennedy and the, all the guys, I forget their names all the time, but I, I've, <laughs> I've read them and that's how I learned it. And I, I, I also hand wrote sales letters, just like you're told to do. Nice. I've done that exact thing. And I'm so, impressed. That's cool, man. I came, I came through that, you know, it's only about six or seven years back that I did it. Uh, I know, you know, guys like you and, and others have been doing it for longer, but yeah, I think that's, that's the ticket, man, is you got to know, you got to know one or the other, uh, you know, either, either tech or marketing, but I think knowing both is, is a pretty good ticket. I'd say absolutely, man. It allows you to execute a whole lot faster as well. I can, yeah, sure. I'm not really a coder, but I can get inside WordPress and uh, do all sorts of HTML and CSS stuff and some basic PHP. And it allows me to test stuff and uh, just edit my own site so much faster. It saves so much time that I would spend going to Odesk or messing around with developers that I have no idea how, how well they work, all sorts of stuff. So. Yeah, absolutely. And it allows you to evaluate people, uh, developers, a lot easier, right? Because yeah, you at least have a sense of how long it should take someone to do something. Yeah, like a bit of a feel for how to, I guess, de- you know, development coding is kind of like a very different mindset to say marketing. Marketing is very, I guess, creative in a way. Coding can be creative too, but there's a different kind of way the brain works when you start sitting down and code. Absolutely. Yeah. Cool. All right, man. Well, we're, we're right at the end. So thank you for uh, coming on to talk about all the crash courses and rep. I had a great time, John. Thanks for having me. Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening. If you want to discover more insider tips, tricks, and secrets about driving sales with email marketing, sign up for daily email tips from the autoresponder guy. Go to dropdeadcopy.com slash podcast. Sign up, confirm your email address, and I'll send you daily emails on how to improve your email marketing and make more sales via email. You'll find out why open rates don't matter and the seven-letter word that underlies all effective marketing and much more.